Hi, everyone. It is Marilyn Aloria, and welcome to a very, very, very special edition of Who Can It Be Now? I'm really excited to talk to all of you today. Something that I have been working on and wanting to do more of is really discuss business and how a spiritual entrepreneur who's super sensitive and feeling how to really run a business from the inside out and not get distracted by a lot of the noise that's out there. You know, you, you have to study market systems. You have to study um, sales systems. Those are really important things to study, uh, social media, whatever it is, but how to really decide what is the best thing for you and how to really take the information that's outside, bring it into your heart and soul and create from that place. And I was, we have really special guests today. These are my, um, my community from Next Level Living, which is the program that I'm very focused on these days because you're gonna see how incredible these people are. The people in Next Level Living, they are scientists, uh, uh, ex-lawyers, um, vets, you know, um, human resource people, you know, there's all sorts of different people, nurses, and they come from all these incredible uh, different careers that they have, no matter what they do. I'm not naming every single one of them. And they're learning um, in Next Level Living, really, they, I think they would say it best what they're learning, but we're not going to spend the time to talk about that today. But what they're learning, I feel, is really how to live a life and make decisions and choices while you're aligned with your soul. So I wanted to do a special thing with them where I wanted to talk business with them and take their questions because I really want to bring this out to my community because what I have been witnessing out there in the world is a lot of people are, um, they just, just, there's a lot of noise out there. And I'm also noticing there's a lack of integrity out there and that's not everyone. We know that, right? So I'm not throwing everybody under the bus, but I am throwing people under the bus that I feel are only interested in the bottom line. They only care about selling you a product. They don't really care about what you go through with the product. And they don't take people like your particular business into consideration when they're selling. And I really want to start shining a light to this because I feel like the more that you're aligned with your soul, the more that you get clear, it's all about clarity, like finding clarity, the more you're going to be able to um, go through the rubbish, the rubble, all of that and figure out who the right person is for you. And also really stay true to your message and stay true to your mission when you're putting yourself out there on social media. So one of the things real quick that I'll talk about is the people that I listen to, they're pretty much hardcore business people. And I find them really fascinating and interesting because they also have, they seem to have a, an integrity to them or a spiritual tilt to them, even if they're not talking about spirituality. And I was listening to one, and I'm not going to share names right now. And down the line in the podcast, I will definitely share names of people that I've been listening to. I just want to get to know them a little bit more on the podca podcast, the people that I'm starting to study to make sure that I feel that they are an in integrity because integrity is the most important thing for me. And I was listening to one of them last night and they were all talking about how are they all tired of the dances on the TikTok and how you don't have to dance on TikTok in order to grow a following. But TikTok is a great place, a great format, a great social media platform, social media platform in order to grow your business, if that's what you choose to do. Now, if any of you know Gary Vaynerchuk, which I do like Gary V, he's been talking about TikTok for quite some time. And he's like, TikTok's the place. Gary Vaynerchuk is definitely not going to be dancing around selling his stuff. He's so he's very hardcore. He curses like me. He's strong. He's opinionated. And he's out there and he really, really cares about what I feel. A lot of people don't like him. I feel like he really cares about people. 
So my point of this is, is that you can pick these social media platforms. I love doing video. So short form video, basically the way it was described last night, TikTok is, TikTok is a venue of 60 second video to get your point across. And that's what it is. So I want you to think about like the social media platforms instead of being like, I can't stand this one, I can't stand that one because you're looking at the mass media. I stayed away from TikTok for that exact reason. I'm like, I'm not gonna dance around. And now I'm realizing, no, it's a great place for me to just put out 60 second videos teaching people things. And I don't really care what everybody else is doing. And that's why I wanna start having these conversations with you guys, with my next level living people. Um, so that we can start, they, they start, they ask such incredible questions and then I'm able to answer them. And also they give feedback to each other because they're just such an accelerated group of people that you will be privy to these conversations. And I feel like it's really gonna help you to stay true to who you are because I see so many people, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a little bit of a rampage, but let me just go there for a second. I see so many people like so excited to get their business out there and then they get taught how to do Facebook or how to do LinkedIn, I can't stand by the way, LinkedIn or how to do different uh, Instagram. And they're told a formula of how to do it, which is actually a good thing to have that formula. But then they try to plug in things that aren't true to their heart and soul. So they may be being taught a formula on Instagram for Instagram reels. And the person may be using a generalization and then you don't know how to make it your own. And you have to learn how to make it your own because you don't want to lose the passion in your message. You don't want to lose who you are. There's one other thing I want to say, and then we're going to jump right in. And basically the way I'm going to do today's thing is not like the hot seats we normally do, guys. We're going to do just quick Q&A. So whatever question you have about your business, whether it's about managing people, whether it's about um, boundaries, whether it's about selling anything, we're going to just dive in. And I may not have the answer, but I may have a resource for you. Or I may have something where I'm like, okay, let's like unpack this a tiny bit or I'll come back to this another time. The last thing I wanna say, so as I'm recording this on August 23rd, I'm going through a lot of team changes and I was listening to this podcast last night and they were talking about, you know, the first six figures, you know, the first hundred thousand. And then I'm more in the level of multiple six figures um, and working towards the million. That's where I want to be. So you can go to the million mark and then it's the three to 10 million mark. And then they were talking about the 10 to the 35 million mark and how in different stages, what happens in your business. And right now I'm in the stage of working on the team situation and working out the team. And in the process of working on the team, I was interviewing different people and I heard from a few virtual assistants that they got really burned out by the coaching industry, people they were working with because they saw how much they lacked integrity. So if there's anything that I wanna bring through on this podcast when it comes to business, and I know everybody who's on this call right now is a representative of integrity, is I want to talk about being integral in your business, not losing yourself in your business, not losing your message, not losing who you wanna serve, and that's going to be a conversation that you're going to continue to have your, with yourself at different iterations in your business. So I was having a conversation with my mastermind group today, the peer-to-peer -peer mastermind group that I'm in. And I was talking about different coaching clients and how I don't want to serve a particular coaching client anymore who's only interested in outside appeal. In other words, I need that relationship in order to feel happy. I'm not going to feel happy until... 
I, I have that relationship, that love. And I'm like, I can't help those people anymore because that's not my sweet spot. There are people out there that are great for that, but that's not me. And in my conversation with, cause they were, my peers were kind of calling me out on things that I was saying, I recognized my biggest integral rule, biggest rule that I have. I don't work with people only for money. And sometimes that line will get blurred because when you run a business, you're paying bills, you have overhead. And all of a sudden somebody will be coming in. And I, we had this a little bit with Soulfinder Academy and a lot of them are all graduates from Soulfinder Academy. So they saw this and there was kind of some groups that got in that were probably not the best for Soulfinder Academy. And next level living, although the doors are open, I'm not gonna let just anyone in. And I recognized in my own self today, oh wait, that was a rule that the person becomes, goes, comes first before the money. So I'm sharing all of this with you and I'll check in with my group to see if they're understanding and following what I'm saying. I'm sharing all this with you because even at this level in my business, I've been in business for like 15 years and I'm having a very fascinating year in business. And I'm not saying that in a great way. It's up and down, man. And I remembered that rule that I had with myself and I realigned with it. So that is my little spiel and we're going to just jump in. Does anybody have anything they want to say to what I just said or did anything hit them where you want to say anything about that? And then we will go into Q&A. You could just unmute guys. You guys are old hats at this. I just have a quick comment, Marilyn, because this is what has struck me as I'm looking at this my own business perspective that as sensitive empaths, healers, whatever, that we talk in the language of energy often, mm -hmm. but we somehow separate money from that, that we forget that money is no, you know, it's a relationship that it's no different than anything else that we all talk about. And I know I fall into that all the time. It's like, okay, here's all the stuff I do. And this is how we all work and stuff we talk about, but then money's over here in like its own separate corner. And so I think the challenge for so many of us is how to integrate money into the same conversation as everything else we do. Yeah, it's a really great point. And I feel like we could do a whole podcast around that because even as empaths and healers, some of us may walk around with the belief that you don't have the right to charge for what you do. And so I agree with you. It is money is energy, Monique. You're totally right. And um, it's having a relationship with it. So I don't know, is there any kind of question that you have in that? That Because I think this is a topic that we need to take apart in a whole podcast. I, I think, I guess it's, you know, what is the beginning point of examining that? So that, you know, and, and I'm sure it goes back to some belief systems, but how do we examine it in such a way that we, integrated into everything else we do. So it, it's a natural part of what we do. It's not like, okay, here's everything we do. And then here's money. Yeah. And you know and what I that It's not separate. It's not. And I feel like, and tell me what you think about this. I feel like it's about self-worth. It's about worth completely. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I think, so. I mean, there's definitely that connection because our self-worth reflects what we receive. Yes, really. And yeah. what we what we can charge and what we feel is good and our self-worth around our product and what we're offering up as a service. Yeah. Um, all of it. So let's 
I love this. If we want to go further into this or anybody has a question about this, let's go into it. But I feel like this is something I want to percolate on and do a whole podcast around. But Monique has been with me for quite some time. So if something comes to you, Monique, that you can teach our community, I would love for you to share it as well. So if something hits you, something else hits you today. I would just add, and this came up with a discussion I had with another, you know, I'm going to say healer for lack of a better word last week, is that we have to start valuing ourselves in a different way. Because I find people who, who healers in particular, who either they discount or they say donation only or whatever, it's that they are devaluing yourself. So we are setting this expectation for people to say, well, it should be free or it should be very inexpensive or whatever word you want to give to it so that we end up devaluing ourselves in that way. And that for people who like at your level, who want to work with, you know, people like in next level living, that it becomes more challenging because there's all these people out there with the expectation, well, that's ridiculous. I shouldn't have to pay that when people in other communities pay it all the time without thinking twice about it. So I think it's more of of our own personal work um, that we have to do on ourselves to say, you know, what I do has value, has great value. Um, And I have to own that before I can expect other people to respect it. So the conversation with this is very powerful and important because it's about investment in self and the ROI return on investment. So Monique is kind of, um, you said a lot in that Monique, that's really great. But one of the things that's been, um, I've been wanting to address lately is the ROI on these programs. Take this program, you're gonna make 100K in sales. Take this program, you're gonna make 50K in sales, right? And as healers, I feel that we need to recognize that our work is worth more in an ROI return of investment more than anything else. Because you can study as many sales systems, marketing systems as you want to, but if you don't believe in your product and in yourself, you're not going to charge, like you said, Monique, or you're somebody's going to, this happened, used to happen to me in my business, doesn't happen anymore. Why don't you give this to free until I basically told someone to F off and I got rid of that story completely because I know that I deserve what I get paid. So I, I really feel like this is great. And I feel like what I would want everybody to think about is what is your, when you're working with someone, what is your return of investment for them? What are you offering up as an ROI for them? And if you're helping people break ha- patterns, habits, and beliefs, and like right now we have Sheila on here as a vet, right? So even as a vet, when you're working with animals and healing animals, you're still working with the human being behind it, Sheila. I know you to help them to to, to be with their animals different, right? To have a different experience with their animals. Right. And I used to get people who would say, if you really cared about the animal, you wouldn't charge this much or you wouldn't charge me. I don't get that anymore, but I used to get that. And that's a whole self-worth thing. Plus your team has to believe in what you do and your team has to also believe in the prices that you charge. Because if they're not sending out the same message, and it's not going to work either. That is gold, by the way, because I recognize that in my own team, that if they did not hold the value of what I was selling, 
I could pick it up as an empath and insensitive, but also they're my front run, they're in front of me. They're my gatekeepers, right? And they're putting that energy out as well. Thank you so much for sharing that. I told you these guys are super brilliant. So we can decide as a group to come back and have a deeper conversation with this. I feel like Adina, you wanna say something who's a, and a scientist. Um, so I definitely wanna hear what you have to say, or we can, whatever you guys wanna do, I want, I'm here to answer your questions, but this is such an important topic. Go ahead, Adina. Um, I was just gonna back off of what Sheila just said. So my, I, I am a scientist and so, the people aspect of work is actually more challenging for me, right? Um, and so if you notice that your team is not vibing the same way, what is the most spiritual approach to, you know, either redirect them so that they do vibe the same way or direct them to something else or some other opportunity? So the thing I'm learning in myself right now, Adina, and Dina and I had this conversation last week and I recognized in your hot seat how it was triggering me, right? So what I'm learning now right now, Adina, is to cut my losses quicker than later. Mm. And I, in my head, I'm gonna just share my experience real quick with you and I wanna hear what your experience of this is. In my head, I'm like, oh, let me just give it a little time. Maybe I'm not explaining myself well. Maybe, you know, the person has to learn my business. They don't know it as well as I do. She's just shaking her head, yes and yes and yes. And this will be on, uh, I, this will be on YouTube, guys, so you could see it. And then I finally got to a place and I can't reveal too much right now that I was like, enough. My emotions can't, I can't focus on my work because of all these distractions and disruptions and emotional drama. So I'm learning, and I remember my boss saying, hire slowly, one of my coaches saying, hire slowly, fire quickly. Mm. So I've started to make decisions like, nope, out, the person's gotta go. And it scares me because then you're left without that link and that support that you need. But is it, I think it's better to have the empty space and fill it with the right person than to have the, the end to be flustering around right now. What do you think, Adina? What did you hear? I. I love the hire slowly, fire quickly. I, yeah. I love that. Um, and it makes so much sense. And you're right. And if, if you think about romantic relationships, I wouldn't blink twice to say it's better to be single than to be involved with the wrong person, right? But for some reason, yeah. when, when it comes to work relationships, I don't, it's not as as intuitive, I guess, that yes, it's better to be without the wrong person or without anybody than with the wrong person. So I, you, it resonates a lot. But you know what's coming up for me is the self-worth piece. That's what's coming up for me because in relationships, I'm the same as you. I like, I don't need the riffraff in the romantic relationship. But in the workplace, especially when I'm selling my own brand, mm -hmm. I knew that there was an insecurity in me and I wanted to be surrounded by people that would, you know, and I was like, oh, I need these people more than, I, they, I lacked some trust in myself and I'm starting to recognize its self-worth. And it's like, no, I have to be the owner of my business, the CEO of my business. And if somebody can't get on board, I've got to, got to let them go. And I have to have self-worth. There's something you said in there that to me went to self-worth. What do you think? I agree. I was actually going to ask a follow-up question and say, okay, you know, um, I used to watch these videos of of tips and tricks on how to stand in your, or, you know, feel more powerful than 
or, you know, to trick your body into making you feel more powerful or like the power stance, you know, go in the bathroom and spend five minutes or two minutes in the power stance. Um, but I'm noticing more and more that I, as the more visible I become, the more my accomplishments get um, recognized. I am mildly, more than mildly uncomfortable with the visibility and I need to get more comfortable, right? And so, uh, question, <laughs> how to do that? Or, you know, what, what are small ways every day that, that we can do that or I can do that, I guess, if I'm the only one who has this issue? <laughs> you're not, you're not, because I can, we can look at Jane who's writing a book and really looking to reveal her vulnerability in her whole life, you know, and Denise, who's has this healing ability, you know, the people that I, I, we all struggle with that. Right. So she's got this like healing ability and getting it out there. And maybe I'm speaking for you, Denise, I might be wrong because you actually come from a family of healers. So you've been more comfortable sitting in the power of what you do. Am I wrong? And I'm going to answer this, Adina. Um, you're not wrong, but it has taken me a while to get here. Um, and actually when I was researching the healers I'm from, they wouldn't take money. They would just take, you know, a tray, an exchange, like maybe chickens or eggs. And, um, and it took me a while to really get to the point where I was comfortable in what I was charging and didn't feel like I just needed to do it for people out of the goodness of my heart. But it really did boil down to self-worth that you're talking about and the self-confidence. And that just, for me personally, just took a little time. Yeah. Um, but I know the work that I've done here with you and with everyone really helped me to dial into that self-worth and confidence and to walk in that space. Love that. Thank you, Denise. Mm -hmm. So I wanna hear, Donna, I wanna answer Adina, but um, can I answer uh, her first real quick uh -huh. and then go to you yep. too? I would love to hear that because I want to hear what they have to say about this too. So Adina, for me, about being seen and heard, it has been a process. And I feel like a lot of us, we're, we recognized our light early on. And I've shared this with you before, where we've recognized our light early on, and we were sensitive to the people around us who were maybe envious or jealous of that light. So we dimmed our light so that everybody around us could feel better about themselves because we didn't want them not to feel bad about themselves. So the first thing about the first step that I would say about being comfortable with being seen and heard, and especially for all of us, I would say this, and I know Adina really well, you have, I've always said this to you, there's a big thing there that you're going to be known for. It's very big. And let me ask you this, Adina, real quick. If you were to hide and not let the world see you. And then that big thing would never happen because you would have to be out front and center and build the confidence to share that with the world. And then you're on your deathbed mm -hmm. and you recognize that you've never done it because you were afraid of being seen and heard. How would that feel? It, it would feel terrible. Like, a, I, I shouldn't say a wasted life, but yeah, close to that. <laughs> so what is the thing that you can say to yourself in the moments when you start getting accolades and recognition with, I gotta say one more thing. A lot of people that have they, these entrepreneurs and I've heard Robert Jakovich, I can't remember his name, the guy from um, Shark Tank. He said, 
an entrepreneurial journey is a lonely journey because people tend to get envious and jealous, but it's none of your business. It doesn't matter. What is something you can say to yourself in the moment when the accolades are coming to receive them and stand strong in it, knowing that if you don't do the work that you're here to do, you would feel that you missed out on something. And I'm going to add one more thing. All the people that are going to benefit from your work that are going to be so glad that you stood up and stood out. What is something just for now for the tiny step that you could say to yourself that would give you the courage to move forward? Uh, that it's not just about me, but what what is good for me is ultimately good for many others too. So if, if I get my work done and if I get my piece out there, um, it's going to positively affect many, many more. Great. And I'm not just cheating myself out of it if I don't do it, but I'm cheating them out of it too. Great. One more thing I want to ask, and there's going to be more to this. These, you guys are bringing up such great topics that we'll have continued conversations on these because I think it's important. Who is somebody who put themselves out there, maybe wasn't received favorably, which a lot of people who did put themselves out there have had moments of that, that you admire? Oh, who, go ahead. I, I mean, Einstein, he was, yeah. he was doing terribly in school. <laughs> you think about it <laughs> um so yeah okay so the other thing i'd like to invite you to do is when you have that moment i want you to pull in einstein or anybody else as a guide have them stand next to you and ask them what they think about it if you were to ask einstein right now how do i get comfortable with being seen so that i don't hold back my talent what would einstein say to you Uh, he would just tell me that progress, there's inherent discomfort in progress. And if you want- Say it again, because I didn't hear it. Oh, sorry. There's inherent discomfort in progress. So whenever you progress, it's normal to feel uncomfortable. And if you don't move, despite the discomfort, progress doesn't come, right? It doesn't happen. How does that feel? It feels great. It feels true. <laughs> and you believe it. That's what I was going to yeah. say. You said it feels yeah. true. Beautiful. It's true. Great. Uh, great topic. I want to hear what Donna and Jane had to say. Thank you. Donna, you can go first, honey. Okay. So um, I actually switched what I was going to say, Marilyn. Um, the progress pods, <clears throat> just to go on what you were just talking about with Adina, the progress pods have been remarkably helpful helpful for me um, in that each tiny step, but also the discussions that we're having. And so just to, to acknowledge Sheila, she asked me a question a couple of weeks ago on a progress pod that just kind of reignited my desire to really get moving on something. And it helped me to fine tune where I wanted to be. And so, you know, we always, are, we tend to think in big steps of where we want to get to, but it is really the tiny steps or the, the smaller steps that really help us get there. And so, you know, I always think in terms of what's the big picture of what you want to do and then how do you chunk it down and get your first easier step to get a start on the path. And then the next one will appear for you and so on and so on. So I just wanted to share that one. That's great. 
So the progress pods are these things that we do in Next Level Living where they meet weekly and they they pick a little bit, little step to so that they can have their, they you see your goals happen. You see your goals, um, achievable goals because they're super small and easy to do and they meet weekly and go through that. Um, the last thing I wanted to say was the other thing that's really great about this is reflection of others that you trust and feel safe with is super important. And that's what like my peer to peer mastermind did to me today. They said, I said, I feel jaded around sales, sales. Like I just, am so jaded about them. And I didn't remember I said it. It's not even a word I normally use. And the guy said, I just want to reflect back to you when you said this, blah, 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 blah. And it's so important to be in a safe community because of that. Go ahead, Jing. Thank um, you, Donna. Yeah. Uh, what I am finding is that um, I've been able to to put together um, my memoirs, and I'm I'm still in the challenge of going from telling the story to really coming in and doing it as you would do a movie, and save like save the cat, and just real. And so that is. That's a, it's a real, and I notice my, my challenge, even though I am in the progress pods and I remember to breathe and, um, uh, I remember that I can, I can, I can actually voice my on word and I can, it will write it for me. And I'm, I, there's, there is still, um, I, I notice that my process is where I'm really looking at that self-worth and the real challenge in moving from um, uh, and speaking my truth out because uh, and, and I have been able to see some of the themes of my life and looking at, okay, so now how can I introduce this? So um, I, I'm just remembering what my mom used to say, inch by inch, it's a cinch, yard by yard, it's hard. That's great. And, that, and I just have to repeat that. And I also have to really to focus in on, okay, so I am, I'm remembering to breathe, I'm taking a walk, and I am looking at um, what it is that I am doing now and getting support for. Um, and then and opening up um, and and it's okay. It's also about paying attention to that negative self-talk. I was listening to Hidden Brain on the walk I took before this happened, and it was all about mindset. Yeah, and mindset and our our negative thinking. Uh, it, when as soon as we can become aware of that, and then locate it in our body. Mm that's 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 what's key for me and so walking is an important way of doing that and just noticing when i'm really feeling scared so here's a couple of things i want to offer up to Jane and everybody because this is normal so whenever you're doing something big in life if people the hero's journey um and i'm trying to remember finding joe i think it is i can't remember the name of the movie it is on youtube and it's really good and i recommend that you all watch it it's a documentary but um, the, the thing that it's not going to be comfortable no matter what, it goes back to what Adina said, but I don't think any one of us really want a comfortable life because we'd be bored. 
So the thing that I want to ask you, Jane, there's two questions I have. One, I'm going to say to you, just accept the fact that it's going to be uncomfortable and just know it. Don't even try to push up against it, right? Because you're birthing something that is absolutely beautiful, magnificent, intense, incredible, daring, vulnerable, everything, right? But I have a question, I have two things. So let me just talk about Kobe Bryant, who I've been watching like a lot lately. And I love athletes because they seem to have the focus and the discipline. And they also talk about mindset quite a bit. And a lot of athletes that are so superb at it, they seem to have really mastered that. And he said when he was 11 years old or something, when he was playing basketball, he didn't score at all. And he was really upset. And his father came up to him and, and his father said, I don't care if you score a zero or 60, I'm going to love you no matter what. And Kobe said that in that moment, he realized he could fail. He had the confidence to fail because he was going to be loved no matter what. I don't feel a lot of us had that type of upbringing, although I love the fact that you shared your mother's inch <laughs> by inch is a cinch, yard by yard is, what was it? it yard by yard is hard. Well, hard, right. So my question to you right now is, because I want us to remember this, like we have to love ourselves the way, way Kobe Bryant's dad, is Queen Latifah is another one. Her mom loved her. Like people... We didn't all have that. We have to do it for ourselves, right? Or find it in a community like you're here where people can love you no matter what, but we have to do it for ourselves. What memoir did you read that you felt changed your life? And it does, I'm sure there's many books, but just think of one right now. Everybody think of one. Um, actually, I can't think of one, but I do, I do remember reading, um, the story of Margaret Mead. Okay. And, um, and I also remember reading, um, I don't remember the title of it, uh, but a, um, an account of, of, um, by her daughter, Catherine Bateson. Okay. This is what, go ahead. And, and, the, um, and that is about the importance of women speaking their truth. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So what I want you to do, and I want everybody to think about this, is an author or a book, something that really changed your life. And if that person did not do, write that book, what would your life be like today? You know, and that's what you're doing for other people. It could even be a teacher or professor, but let's like go to authors or for me again, it's like athletes lately. I just have to listen and watch athletes and musicians. For some reason, athletes and musicians watching their documentaries and their process, there's something about it that's, that's very life altering for me. Okay. Good work, Jane. Okay. So who has, who else has a question? Yeah. I, I want to say one other thing um, that I think is really important because you mentioned actors is that I know that. I didn't mention actors. I said musicians and because actually I don't feel this way about, I feel okay. more about musicians and, and uh, athletes, athletes. Athletes. Yes. Go yeah. ahead, sweetie. Yeah. And, and um, I know that the woman that really made a difference in my life was an ethnomusicologist. Mm -hmm. And her name was Dr. Marsha Herndon. 
take go ahead and that and and what it was is that when i was in the the dark night of the soul and everything was going to shit she had me she sat me down and she had me listen to this woman singing in hungarian and she asked me how did it make me feel hmm. and that was the first time that i really had a woman who was quote unquote an academic that asked me how i felt right so here's here's an important thing for you jane and thank you for sharing that and jane is a uh, used to be a professor in a college right a college correct yeah. yeah so here's the thing you talked about your mindset and it's really important how you have to drop into your body the feeling here was a woman that played hungarian music that you respected and actually said how did that make you feel right right i would take her on walks with you and ask her to help you to get because maybe the memoir is struggling to get out because there's an emotional life that has to come out with it. Maybe you're spending a lot of time thinking because you go up a lot of times in your head, I noticed, and we talked about this. But if you're like, and listen to some Hungarian music or music that really makes your soul vibrate with emotion, find out, like, just go down it for a little bit and see what happens to your writing. Listen to a piece of music, then sit down and try to write a story based on it. And you, you know, we, you grew up in a very 70s, you know, 80s, 60s, great music. There's those songs you can listen to and it just charges you. Okay. One of the songs I have been listening to that just popped in a couple of weeks ago, and I may have mentioned this before is Helen Reddy. I am woman here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, and that, and I actually listened to that on YouTube this morning before I got out of bed. Good. <laughs> Keep it up. Okay. Good yeah. job. All right. Anybody who else has questions and it doesn't have to be on this topic. It could be something else. So some of the, I'm going to read these. So people can, Louise, Hey, you can heal your life. Totally. Um, Steven Tyler, does the noise in my head bother you? Denise said, I love that. He's a fascinating guy. Um, I haven't read that one. I loved, um, there's so many that I love, but one that I loved was, um, Oh, I can't remember it. It's um, Andre Agassi's memoir. He had a ghostwriter, I believe, too. And it's phenomenal. I think it's called Open. It's phenomenal. Great. Okay, who has a question? Denise, Kathy, Donna, Sheila, Monique, anybody? Denise. Um, I think you do Sheila, too, because it looks like you're going to the mute button. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So Denise, Sheila, go ahead, Denise. So um, I'm just kind of jumping back into things after taking a bit of a break. And, you know, these past couple of years of working with you, um, I originally joined SFA to grow my business, to be comfortable with putting myself out there. And in the process of working with you and working with everyone here, I realized that, um, I don't necessarily want to have a huge business, but I love my healing work and my one-on-one -on -one work. And as you know, I need to incorporate it into my travels. And so, you know, it's just an interesting place to be, to figure this out. <laughs> to me, it's a great place to be. Go ahead. I'm gonna let you finish before I say something. Well, just that I, I am learning that it doesn't have to be big, that it is just being yourself and doing what you love and what is helpful to people. So in a world where everyone is on social media and big, 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 and trying to do bigger and better, it's been a bit um, intimidating for me. So I want you to reframe big. 
you said the, the very first sentence, and I should have stopped you. It wasn't about everybody on social media, it was about yourself and your, it doesn't have to be big, but it is big in the sense of what you're capable of doing for others. It doesn't have to be big in the sense of terms of getting out on social media and blah, 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 blah. I would like you, and I want to hear from you to, to know what does that look like? Do you know what that, how many clients we've talked about this like a week, Mm -hmm. because I really feel like, and I'm doing this actually in my own business, as much as I'm working towards another income goal, I don't need to make multiple millions a year. I don't need the headache of that. I want a business that is really great, that I love to do, that is financially rewarding too, so I can have the life that I want and the retirement. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be like these people that have multiple million. So I agree with you, Denise. So do you know what that looks like for you? I did um, until recently because, you know, I was at home and I was working two days a week and I knew exactly what I wanted and that was working out really well for me. Um, And now that I'm at this place where Scott and I would like to travel and be on the road, it's kind of, how do I deepen my gifts and continue to put myself out there when I'm actually on the go so much? Okay. So when you're on the go and you're traveling around, is there anything that you do to stay spiritually aligned? Is there anything you listen to or you do to continue to grow? Yes, I always, I just have my rituals of, you know, we hike wherever we go. Um, I'd like to get back into writing. And I also see that I'm someone who really helps people with transitions. And as I'm going through my own transition right now, just really paying attention to that. Okay. To see, see how I can put that out there and help others. Do you, that's what I'd like you to think about is how you can support people through transitions. Cause a lot of people don't have time anyway. Mm-hmm. So if it's a recording or if it's something they're reading, or if it's a daily email, they're getting in their email box with a 10 minute uh, audio on Voxer or something that's helping them. And they're asking you questions. Why can't that be the thing? You don't have to be tied to a computer or a phone to do what you do successfully. Mm-hmm. How's that feel? It feels good. What's the hesitation? It's just getting back into the writing and the seeing what it actually looks like, taking those steps. Let's do this instead, Denise. The next time you're on a hike, just take out your recorder and just talk for a few minutes. Find a picture of a tree and just talk or whatever you want, something in nature, just like you shared that beautiful hike that you went on and just talk into it. Let's not try to find the end result right now or what it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be. Let's let you be in the process of it. There's something that wants to be birthed out of this that is so perfect for you and the people you're going to help. And I want you to take all parameters and boundaries off of it. Okay. How does that feel? It feels good. It was uh, bringing tears to my eyes, just thinking about it. Yeah. I feel like that's part of the reason. And thank you for that question is that I'm trying to teach people that we don't have to do it like everybody else does it. And the lifestyle is super important to me. And it's important to you. And I'll tell you from my vision of just feeling into what you want to do, 
there are so many people that are on the road that are traveling. When I traveled a lot at MTV, it was like broadcast news. When I saw that on broadcast news where she'd check into the hotel and just start crying, that was me. I would check into the hotel as soon as I put my bags on, I would just start crying because I was so exhausted from traveling. And I felt so disconnected. Mm-hmm. How can you help people like that, even moms, like feel connected in a few minutes? Thank you. I don't want to put words or paw prints on your own brand, but how does that feel to you? It feels great. And um, it feels very helpful. And I feel like I have a lot of experience with it and could really help others with that. Yeah. Thank you. And, And you and I have talked a lot about anxiety. Imagine just for me, just listening to something for a few minutes to bring down my anxiety level. Mm-hmm. And your voice has that calming quality. So thank you. You're welcome. Great job. Okay, Sheila. <laughs> so kind of continuing with the lifestyle, you started out initially talking about things you don't want to be losing your message yourself your what you want to do who you want to serve so could you expand a little bit on losing yourself I I, boundaries have um from the most part are pretty good but sometimes when someone's calling in with like that last minute thing and you could stay an extra half an hour and for the most part the people here are willing to stay half an hour but if you do it every day then it's eroding on they're, you know, taking advantage of them too. But sometimes just that, because I'm in a culture where you say yes to everything, which means that you're saying no to some things, which isn't being seen by other people, that no, right? So losing yourself in what you do because you love it and you want to help the people that you do, but also being able to consistently say, "Mm, we're done. Yeah. A couple of things coming up, Sheila, as you're talking, and I will share something, but that also, and tell me if you think I'm wrong about this and anybody else you can write in the chat because you guys know each other so well. And I would like you to offer up any suggestions to each other. Do you feel that's tied in self-worth at all? Sometimes, but for the most part, when I say yes, it's because I know the client. Whereas if it's somebody I didn't know, it's a whole lot easier to say, nope, send them to XYZ. So you know the client, you know that they want to see you. Why? And you're ready to leave. Because <laughs> it's doing for it's doing for others. Yes. Right. There's there's a couple of things though too. Can you trust that maybe it's set up that that client is supposed to be with the other the other doctor or tech or whatever? Because there's actually going to be an exchange of energy and information that's going to be even more powerful for them. So the way this is, if I said no, then they would have to go to an emergency clinic, Yeah, that's- which is a completely different, and it's knowing what that experience could potentially be like for something that I could address in 30 minutes, Okay, rather than having them sit in the parking lot for five hours. I get it. I, I understand that. So do you have rotating vets at all, or are you the only vet? I'm the only one here that does, that, that does what I do, which is a whole nother thing. Okay. I do see this with vets, uh, especially and how difficult that can be. And especially during COVID when they could only take a certain amount and they had to say no, they had to put the boundary down. Um, 
Let me ask you this, Sheila. Are you able to say no? And I am still going to give you suggestions. Are you able to say no, go home and re really release it and be in the know and know mm -hmm. that they're going to be taken care of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that happens more often than not, but you brought it up and it made me, it, it clicked yeah. something in me. Important topic. Yeah. How many days a week do you, you work five days a week or six? Four and a half. Four and a half. Great. How many days a week does this happen where you have to stay the extra 30 minutes? Not every week, not even every, not even every week. Great. Okay. So here's what I feel. And then you tell me when I was working at MTV, they pretty much owned my life and it's nothing against MTV because I really enjoyed working to them. And I had to start setting the boundaries myself because nobody else was going to set them for me. And I made a rule to myself that no matter what, at a certain time at night, I was going to walk out of that building no matter what. And I wasn't allowed to even think about the work until I came back into the building. Sometimes I would allow myself to think about it when I got in the shower. And anytime it came into my head, I had to put a boundary. So actually the boundary has to be on you. You have to commit to it. And I feel like what I would suggest you do is if it happens, it can only happen on Tuesdays, like something strange, or it's only one day of the week. And that is it. If I did it already one day this week, I'm not doing it at all, no matter what. I want you to see, I had to find that I want you to find the comfort because I understand that being an animal lover. And if my vet says, no, I'm like, no, I don't want to go to emergency. So I get that. But you have to take care of yourself because then you're going to be tired the next day and can't take care of all the other animals. And for whatever reason, that person may have to go to emergency and have that experience. And we don't need to stand in the way of that. So what would happen to you if you said, I'm only going to do it one day a week and that's it. But you, I would almost like for you, I'd be afraid that the lines would get blurred and you'd be like, well, I did a Tuesday, I could do a Thursday. What is something that you can live by boundary wise that you could commit to? Because for me, sometimes I need this, the rules in order to really adhere to them. If I don't have the rules and I'm blurry, then my boundaries are blurred. So I think it's uh, what I'm willing to take in as drop-offs, which are kind of extra appointments, which add, add to what's already there. And then combine that with only, um, for the most part, if I stay extra, I ask, the team if they're willing to stay too, because I don't want to, I don't want to assume, I don't want to take advantage of their goodwill and they have, happily they have lives outside of the clinic. Um, so it would, you know, so I already talked to them. I don't just say yes to everything. And often uh, if it's somebody that we haven't seen before, it's much easier to send them. And so the boundary for me would be people that I know and maybe twice a week, if, if that. I almost feel like you have to spend a month saying no, no matter what, in order to start feeling the comfort of it. It was interesting how you put that. They need that experience with the other. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and you're trying to take care of something that is not your place to really necessarily take care of. It's like when I ask Jesus to heal something, I don't tell Jesus, 
to heal that person of that ailment. It's not my place. I just asked Jesus to go and support that person because I don't know what is for their highest good. Uh, but for you, Sheila, with everything you've been going through, and we're not going to reveal too much here because it's recorded. I would almost like you to say, I am not doing it for the next three weeks, no matter what. And when that heartstring case comes in, I would love to, to practice the no to see what happens to you when you say no, because that's the information we need. How's that feel? Feels uh, doable. Like, uh, but I could do it. Yeah. Try to see what happens. Even if you're like, no, no, no. And then you push, they push, see what happens. But what does anybody else have anything to share? Well, Monique's a boundary coach. So I would love to hear, but anybody else, I'd love to hear what you have to say, Monique, because you really know boundaries. Well, the thing about boundaries is they have to be super specific yeah. because the kind of, well, it depends on who it is and it depends on how many days and maybe this, that is not connecting you to your no and your yes. That is like a maybe and we'll see. And that is not a, a boundary. Mm -hmm. And my suggestion would be to really examine the stories you tell yourself around all this, because that's where the beliefs come up. And that's where the beliefs that are driving this desire, because here's my question. Let's say someone, it was an hour after you left, they still have to go to the emergency clinic yeah. because you're not there. So what is the difference if you're there, but you're ready to leave and someone comes in and they happen to miss you? They go to the emergency clinic and it is what it is. So my suggestion is to really sit in the stories that you're telling yourself around all of this and to, you know, work on it. And it's a, it's a muscle like everything else. It's going to take a while and you're going to fall out of it sometimes. But like, I love what Marilyn said, to, you know, it, when you say that, no, see how it makes you feel and see if you kind of hedge on it and, um, and it will get more comfortable, but it's more about you really understanding, I think more than anything, the boundaries between you and you. It has nothing to do with your workers. It has nothing to do with the client. There's nothing even to do with the animal. Um, even though this is what you love and this is what you do, but it's really between you and you. I love that. Thank you. That was really good. You know what I got with when she was talking, I'd love to hear what you think, Sheila. Sorry, but I thought that was so good. Is the guilt that comes up when we say no. I was feeling more the responsibility for mm. saying no, not so much that it didn't come across as guilt. It's more feeling responsible, especially for the people that I know. It's got to be really hard to run a clinic the way that you do with all that responsibility, because you'll never get any break or rest, like to feel responsible for every single, Monique said the best thing I thought, what would happen if they came an hour after you were gone? Right. That's a no, no matter what. Yeah. And I agree with her. There can't be blurred lines. I would unpack the story. What did you feel? I'm sorry, I'm talking over you, but I just thought that was really great advice. Thank you, Monique. Do you have anything you want to ask Sheila or say to that? No, it, that's what came up for me was feeling responsible for them. So that's what I need to look at. Okay, good. Let's, yeah. let's continue to work on that. Great question. Thank you.
All right, Donna, Kathy, Denise, Monique. Well, Denise asked, Donna, Kathy, Monique, do you guys have anything? I do have to be off in about 10 more minutes. <laughs> Jane's inhaling and exhaling. <laughs> Donna, Kathy? Kathy hasn't said a word. And then we can go to Donna. Kathy, do you have anything? I know that you're not really necessarily growing a business to some degree, but was there anything that came up for you that you wanted to share? Any reflection? Well, um, yeah, I think I'm getting a lot out of this um, call because um, my the question about like, what do I need coaching on right now? I had an immediate answer, which seems simple. And then the more difficult one had to do with overcoming obstacles. And so this ensuing questions, you know, pre-call kind of helped me to work that out a little bit my, on my own, but I'm hearing a lot of things here that are similarities that, um, you know, that that add depth to my understanding. So um, I, I guess I don't really have anything to say. What's, can you tell me one obstacle real quick, like not a whole story, but one quick obstacle? Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's an old one. I, I need to um, finish the construction and it's a personal thing. I have to finish the construction plans on my house so that I can get a permit to renovate it. And I don't have it. Done. How is that an obstacle finishing the construction plans? What's the obstacle? Spending the time doing it? What's the doing obstacle? It, yeah, I just don't do it. I just, I just, everything else, I do everything but that. Why? I'm very busy. Why? I, I, I think I'm, a, I, well, yeah, I was, was looking at that. And I think what it had to do with was um, feeling that um, the 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 really deep thing is um is i think is i think somewhere deep inside of me i think i don't deserve better mm. right so because i really need to fix the house and i know you've been in a renovation situation um and so i'm i don't understand the hesitation i'm i know that it has to do with being afraid um and, and yet, and even in that questionnaire, I had said, you know, I'm intelligent, I'm courageous, I'm a doer. So what's the problem, right? Um, I, I can't get to the bottom of it really, as far as, I think I have enough self-awareness to know that there's a hesitation, um, but I just have to do it. It's like some earlier things that we talked about. You have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to um, do the uncomfortable things. And I think, I think there's, I feel that there's going to be uncomfortable things coming and I just am avoiding them. What was the first thing you said though? I have to, I don't feel that I deserve it or I don't feel, what was that? It was, it was, um, it was that I don't deserve better. You don't deserve better. Okay, great. Yeah. That I'm living with less and I don't deserve better. Right. Yeah. So do you know where that initiates? Um, it, it goes, well, I would, what comes immediately to mind is that the, the common problem that I'm overcoming, which is that, um, that perfectionism that you need to do things, you know, perfectly. Um, where does that come from? It, that goes back to love, I think. I think I growing up, I always thought that if I was perfect, 
that everything else would be, you know, good in my yeah. household, but, you know, so, yeah, so. Does anybody, because I want to move, uh, I, I, the thing that's coming up for me, Kathy, if anybody has anything they want to share with Donna that they're hearing, I'd love to hear it. For me, what's coming up is the don't deserve better. I want you to like, I want you to unpack that a little bit more mm -hmm. because the other question, I have two questions with that. One is like, so I want to know the story behind it. Like, but if you were to fix it, what would that mean too? Because it feels to me like sometimes the comfort in the struggle is so much more comforting than being on the other side of what it is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if once you fix it, what does that mean for your life? Once the house is renovated and perfect, what does that mean for your life? Yeah. Do you like, know the answer? Go ahead. Well, it's like the story I've been telling myself for a couple of years now and fixing it then means what's next. Right. So yeah. I do need that answer. What's well, but I, the reason I feel I need to fix it is because I would like to sell it. And right. You don't know where you're going to. No, I, I want to be able to sell it. I actually, and that, yeah, I'm playing with the, like, am I staying here? How long am I staying here? But you're not going to know until you start renovating what you really want to do. But what I would like you to do, Kathy, and I could be wrong because I want to deep dive into this a little bit more at another time. Like, yeah, I'd like this to is... bring this again. No, it's perfect. But I want you to start thinking about the house done. It's done. It's renovated. Mm -hmm. What do I want now for my life? And I want you to allow yourself, you went through a big loss. I want you to allow yourself to start dreaming about that yeah. and feel into that. And then I want to hear from you what that experience is like. Mm -hmm. I can do that. Yeah. Because I feel like what happened with you is all your dreams got taken away, you know? You, you're married and you lost your husband. So you, you're planning a life with him, right? For the rest of your life? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So is there any fear about dreaming for the future? Do you trust that the future will be there? Yes, I do. Okay, good. I want to really hear about where you want to go. Okay. Monique or somebody, Sheila, Donna, anybody, Denise, anybody get anything for Kathy they want to add before I move on to Donna? Just that it's extraordinarily relevant for me as well. Yeah. Uh, because um, thinking about Dr. Marsha, I lost her. She died in, in 1997. And it's right before I began some other activities. And so trusting in that and knowing that she's on the other side is important. Yeah. Um, thank you for that, Jane. Thank you. Big loss can really affect us in so many ways. Are you working on this in the pods, the next tiny step? I'm not doing the pods. Okay. So you need to, there's only one pod available right now until we add another one. So you need to work on that in the pod. Go ahead. Did you want to say something, Monique? Okay. Anybody else? I'm going to move on to Donna. No, I would just say, I think it would really help her mm -hmm. to get very, you know, minute. it would help you get comfortable and confident in doing these tiny, tiny little things without looking at it as this big renovation. And it will move you into a space where the renovation becomes easier. 
Yeah, I watched the guy work with Laura, the one who introduced Product Pods, and Laura was like, I have to renovate the bathroom. And then he's like, okay, what's holding you back? I have to get the kids. I don't do this and that. And they came down to the tiny step of the only thing she had to do was talk to her husband that night at what weekend her, his parents could take the kids. That's all he, she had to do. She had to do that one thing, talk to her husband that night about what weekend the parents could take the kids. And that was, that pushed it. She renovated the bathroom like the weekend after. So yeah, I'd like that for you. Look into that. Okay. It's really, it's a really good one, Kathy. And we can all relate to it. Donna, and then I'm going to go. We have a meeting. So now I just was going to say that um, lately I've been working with a couple of people who have come out of more of a business world and have wanted to start their own businesses and they're not getting anywhere with it. And as we've talked and as we've looked into it, um, it's, they're not in their right path. It's not really where their passion is. It's more about proving that they could do what they did do rather than looking forward to what they really want to do. And so it's been some very interesting conversations. And in all of that, I did a lot of soul searching myself and found I did the same thing. And I'm just now clarifying and clearing and being able to really get into what it is I want. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that summary. Yeah. Because it's real quickly, um, you have to, I think you have to know when you're in the discomfort or you're bored or you're like, you know, especially writing a book or, you know, Dean is working on like scientist stuff or things that are like, you get to a point where you'll have lags in the process of it, but that doesn't mean that you're not passionate about it or you have to walk away. Authors will talk about this all the time, but there is a time in your own business where you have to may feel that way and you have to like decide, is this still it? And it, it is, am I just doing this because of some external thing? Like, this is the thing I'm supposed to do. All right. Um, Monique, you didn't get to ask a question. Did you have one? Thank you, Donna, for that. No, I'm good. I've gotten so much out of everyone else's questions. And so I appreciate it. Thank you. Great. Hold on, everybody. Don't end yet. Okay. So guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you're interested in Next Level Living, you can go to marilynaloria.com forward slash next and check it out. And um, if you're really interested in joining, I would say email me at care at marilynaloria.com so we can get into a conversation if it's the right program for you. And that is it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Thank you.